Welcome to Love Lighthouse and this is day 8 of the Christmas Novena. This is from the Christmas prayer set and journal and it's great to be able to share this with you on here online for free. Make sure that you're also checking out, I have this area where I ask some questions and I did ask a question for day 5. Um, so do see if you can find where that is. And if you can find the question on here, then go ahead and answer it. I would love to know what's going on with you. And just to get a little bit more feedback, that would be absolutely brilliant. Okay, so let's prepare ourselves then for day eight. I have day eight here, and I'm gonna look back again at day seven before we head forward. Now, day seven was all about this birthing of Christ in the stable. The appearance, Emmanuel. What an amazing novena to really have in front of us today. Where we move on from this, from the actual birthing process to the next part. And we have the fact that the start of David was highlighting the place and the location for where Christ was, the king of all the world and also the shepherd of all shepherds. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this today because I've had some great preparation. I have been drawn to a particular prayer focused on the shepherds. It was brought to me by a friend of mine, a really lovely friend of mine from teacher training university many years ago and we still keep in communication at the moment. She is great. We are faithful friends and we just keep helping each other out along the way and she has been on here as well. She's been one of our guests on Love Lighthouse podcast. Dawn Murray is her name and her former name was Dawn Rodden. Now she is married to a lovely man who's also in the faith as well and they have a great family and they are based in Aberdeenshire. So one of her friends from there and she has been speaking about this as to say she sent me over one of these prayers and it's like a daily devotional so you get this story and it's all about you know this basis of the shepherds. Now I haven't read too far into it because I had to stop myself from reading. I just couldn't go <laughs> couldn't go on any further because the person was talking about how uneducated the shepherds were and I just thought oh my goodness I can't read this. I really can't. When you've got Christ within you is the king of all kings. He is the king but he's a shepherd king. Listen David, the entire royal lineage is based upon shepherdry. These are the wisest people on the planet. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm really, I'm literally sitting here. I just had to like, you know, cover my face there because it's, it's really quite shocking to hear someone talk about how shepherds could possibly be uneducated. Shepherds are so well educated. They know so much more than the average scientist, for example, or other person you might call an academic. Remember, academics don't make someone wiser. 
There's a lot of real knowledge that has to be gained from the Holy Spirit, from nature itself, from the seasons, from the stars, yes, from the sky itself. Some would talk about astrology at this point and say that astrologers would probably be very close to those that were on the sea in ships and navigating as well as those that would navigate the lands and decide and make choices based upon what the earth was doing. But beyond just what the earth was doing, a kind of a more of a an in-depth feel, if you like, a sensitivity, if you like, for their environment round about them, not just on the land, but in the air etherally, and therefore, in other words, the spirit. These types of people are the wisest types of people. And of course, we would have the shepherds along with what are called the magi, or in some cases, the wise men. All of these people together, brought together, were all very wise in their own unique ways. So <laughs> we are going to be talking about this today, um, the angel appearing and giving this news. And, you know, this is just a wonderful one. I've got a picture. It's, <laughs> my daughter's actually like, drawn a picture and I talk about this before, like, she is such an amazing artist, but for this picture, she just wanted to kind of make it as simple as possible. There is a picture of the angels here and the angel is appearing to the shepherds at night. And that's what we're going to be moving on to just in a minute or so um, as we move off of the message from day seven. But day seven was really about this idea of the king of all kings, the shepherd of all shepherds, being born in this humble set of circumstances, again, to the untrained or unwise about God. But this is such a beautiful scenery. Like, if you could think of all the Christmas cards that you've ever seen of the stable that night in Bethlehem with the star above them and these visitors coming along with the shepherds and the magi. In some cases, sometimes I wonder, could I even separate out the pair of these groups of people? They are all wise together. In any case, these are the visitors that really do give this message of who Christ is. He is a shepherd and a king. He is the wisest of all wise men. He's born in these humble set of circumstances in a manger for his bed and we know to manger in French means to eat so he is the bread of life but not just physically and so many people take it so literally and then they have to extend it into the Eucharist but it has to go beyond that otherwise there is nothing there. The life isn't just the physical things it isn't just his actual flesh it is his wisdom it is the Holy Spirit it is his word. Emmanuel is there with us at all times. His word, his wisdom is there for us to share in, to partake in when we listen, when we stay in silence and be in prayer and stillness with the Holy Spirit. This talks a lot about how Mary does just that in response during this time of the birth. She ponders a lot 
in silence. So welcome now to day eight of our Nativity Novena. Let's get started. Mother Mary, thinking back to the appearance of the Magi, the three wise men who had heard that the Christ child had been born and how they followed the star of David all the way to where you were. Jesus is the guiding star from the house of David. And that very night, the shepherds were also with a host of angels. How beautiful a scene. The angel said to them, glory to God in the highest, peace to whom his favour rests. Now, before all this, the angel had said, today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. That night, the shepherds found baby Jesus lying in a manger, just as they were told, in a stable, along with Mary and her blessed spouse, Joseph, close by, and watching over our Lord. We pray in thanks for the divine guidance you gift within our souls now through the unity in the Holy Spirit, the signs and wonders you sent to confirm to us we are on the right path with your son, Jesus Christ, just like the pleasing and miraculous events undergone and experienced by the Magi and the shepherds that most beautiful of nights in Bethlehem. Truly sacred and breathtaking to behold are your signs and wonders, my dear, precious Lord God, Forever continue to guide us, we pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for giving us this day our daily bread and for forgiving us as we forgive each other. Thank you for leading us not into temptation and delivering us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So here we have this guiding star, the star, the actual star is Jesus, we know, the guiding star, the guiding light, the luth from the house of David, the way, the light, the life, the bread of life. And again, as we talked about from day seven, Emmanuel, that's always with us in that capacity of the Holy Spirit, his word, his spirit is the life. And unless we eat of that, in other words, what this means to manger, to eat, really just means to consume. What does consume mean? It means to take in. What's to take in? It's to accept. It's to receive the Holy Spirit. That is where the life is and how you have life in you. You do not have life if you do not have the Spirit. And that is exactly who and what Christ is talking about in terms of the life. People take it literally. They believe that it means you have to consume something physical. No. No. The life is the Spirit of Christ. And this is the defining point because many people will consume something physical like the Eucharist thinking, well, they've got life in them. No, you don't unless you have the spirit. It's the spirit that gives life. And I'm going to read about this in a minute or two. I might insert it right here. Okay. Jesus is the guiding star, but we know that there is a star above him. So that's guiding the shepherds, the magi. So it's kind of like that with the Eucharist. Christ's spirit is the life. But the Eucharist in doing that, when it was instituted at the first, I mean, the last supper, the first time for the last supper, before people received the Holy Spirit, they went into um, Eucharistic communion as well as meeting up with each other. They did this waiting on Pentecost, right? They prayed, in fact, for this. They sought the Holy Spirit. Well, there's some people that have got the Holy Spirit already, right? Right? So there's different levels and layers. And some people that have the Holy Spirit do Eucharist as well. And they enter into all forms of communion from the spirit and the physical. So here we see the spiritual being made manifest into the earth through the actual birth of Jesus Christ. And then these other um, physical manifestations of the star guiding the shepherds and of course, the Magi to Jesus, who is this. You know, you see the procedures, you see the way. It's helping people that are of the earth, that are of the world. It's guiding them to him. So again, this is what the Eucharist does, for example. It guides people to Jesus. But it's to the spirit that we're meant to be overall guided to, the spirit of Christ. The accepting of the spirit is the ultimate overall but here, this is what had to happen to help people of the world that were very worldly 
to come into furtherance in their understanding of the magnificence of God, of Christ, and that God really was with them. All these earthly signs and the presence of God in an earthly way were to help to guide people that wouldn't have any faith unless they had seen something, unless they had seen a miracle. But those of us with the Spirit, we know by the Spirit. We have the faith of the Spirit without having to see. We know we walk by faith and not by what we see. But we still get to see the miracles, yes. I'll confirm that for sure. Now, this is beautiful because it brings us back to this point where, you know, we have the head of the family, Joseph, watching over our Lord nearby. He hasn't left Mary. He is nearby. Now, I would really like to look a little bit um, further into this, but remember, the angel says that the shepherds will have this sign and it will be that the baby, they will see this baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. But the very important factor is that baby isn't on its own. The baby of God is with the family and the family is both the husband and the wife, Joseph and Mary, also there with the child, very present with the child. So vitally important as people are thinking about this entire concept of marriage and union and what's required. This level that's required for a male to be a proper head of a family is, is that he stays with his wife and child. He doesn't leave them to it. He doesn't make Mary go off on her own and then leave her in Bethlehem and then go back somewhere else and then say, I'll see you soon. No, he stays constantly looking over and looking after the mother and child. Get the order there. The mother then looks after the child. There is a right order. And this is why there's the order in the church that's so vitally important because that right order gives the child what the child needs as instituted by God, what the child needs to come into this world in the way that they are meant to, that God decides upon. God shows us this very clearly through the holy family that he chose to come into. He has made it very clear what God's wishes are, that the husband is there with the wife close by. The wife is the one who looks after the child. There is a right order. Now, when people try to come in between that and muck that up, they are getting in between God's will and right order. And that's a very dangerous thing. You should never do that. Do not tear asunder that which God has brought together. It's very vitally important. 
also important to determine absolutely that sometimes it isn't God that's um, bringing people together. Sometimes they are going together or coming together for other reasons that are not godly. And they, of course, of course, you know, that's, there's your loophole. <laughs> you need to, yes, that should be torn asunder if it's not of God, obviously. But you do not tear asunder that which God has brought together. And how do we know? Well, we have this right order. We have the man that's looking after the wife, the wife that's looking after the child. And they stay together. Watch out. Because there are those that would like to tear you asunder. Even if you are brought together in God, watch out. Be careful but you know the right order, you won't have been brought to God, or by God rather, won't be brought together by God if you're behaving like um, the way that Adam and Eve did in the fall, you know, she didn't listen to him. That is not of God. That's not God's directive. That's not God's will. That's not obedience to God. So that is your warning signal. If you're behaving not like Adam and Eve did at the first point, that was God's will, but when they started to go against God's will, so you see the way in which the woman was deceived by uh, the devil and the man blames the woman for that so there's a lot of like blame games with the man putting all of the responsibility onto the woman and saying no it's her fault she said this or she has done that and then he kind of like so he leaves her alone and all the rest of it he's not there for her and it's a mess because he if he was there for her he would have protected her in the first place from the devil but he wasn't there. And that's how she was, you know, seduced in terms of, um, you know, what she thought and then her next steps. And then that is really the main point there is that Adam didn't stay in the will of God because he was meant to look after the garden while he was also given a helpmate to help him. But he was ultimately, and some people get this wrong, but he was ultimately the one that had to be over her. And St. Paul talks about this a lot. And as much as we like to, or some people, I don't, but some people will try to kind of make out, oh no, like the woman isn't really like, you know, when they're equal and all the rest of it. No, the husband, <laughs> it was there first. The, St. Paul makes it very, very clear um, that he is the one that has to be there in obedience to God and looking out for her. Um, now, yeah, there is, of course, a certain like equilibrium that's drawn together because of them coming together, if they're drawn together by God, that is. But ultimately, the husband being there, not blaming the wife, not going away from her, blaming her for any mistakes, that is irresponsible. That is the fall of Adam. And when that fall of Adam type of signal, these signs are present, you know that is not a communion of orderly obedience in God. That is the devil that's present in that situation. So you know when that's happening, that's the devil. If a man's behaving like that, that is the devil. If a woman is behaving like that towards God and the man, that is the devil. In any case, the order, the good signs of the good shepherd are that the man is obedient to God and staying and looking after the wife 
and the wife can in their first date look after the child in that right order. Now I know that there are women out there as we talked about that are single mothers and they are no less um, able to look after a child. It must stay in the right order. She must be able to do that, but she must have God to help her to do that. You cannot do this without God. And so, yeah, we understand that in some um, times there are, you know, instances where other people might um, need to help out. And in any case, people can, you know, come together as a family and have extensions of that family helping them to bring up children. This is a part of the royal family. Like, that happens. That is very royal. Absolutely. But ultimately, what I'm talking about is within the family at large, overall, overarching, there should be this maintenance with, um, you know, God and the head of the, the family, the man, overall behaving as the leader and overall the one in charge and overall the one there all the time. Overall, he is overseeing everything. He is like the priest doing the will, listening very carefully to the Holy Spirit, to Christ and being led by God in the way. Vitally important. These are the definitions. These are the differences to look out for. These are the signals. These are the signs we talk about today. The signs. The sign of the presence of Christ. And we've really gone into a lot more depth there of detail within the here and now and what that really looks like for a family in this day and age. Well, tomorrow is the final of our nativity novenas. We are on to the final day. It is the nativity novena nine of nine for Christmas day itself. So I think we should take some extra time for um, each of us really to make sure that we are ready to receive even further more of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. This real birthing, as we go along the process here of the novena, we can see that it's slightly kind of like overarching what's happening, of course, in that tomorrow, um, as we do this on this particular broadcast, we're bringing um, in this final of the novenas on the actual birth of Christ in terms of the worldly um, tradition of it on the 25th of December. Now, um, we talk a lot about this, about how all the months even are kind of like shaken up as we know in December to be the 12th month. Dis actually means 10, so it would have originally been the 10th month um, when we look at it. It's all really very interesting, isn't it? The whole thing is really, really interesting. But it just gives us that idea of how, yes, we've got these traditions. We do have these dates set apart. But ultimately, we need to look beyond just the traditions and make sure that we're really, really authentically in Christ 100%. That's the biggest test. The traditions are important. It's not to say that they are not but they must never be more important than Christ's Emmanuel always with us in every moment, the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit might call us. It's not to be disobedient, to be like Eve, to go out our way or Adam to be like him and go out our way 
away from um, God. But it is to be at the closest point with God that sometimes that needs to come first, just an edge over the tradition. And that's what all these mix-ups with the dates and with the, um, and the interweaving of things allows us to kind of really remember, to keep our focus. And it will test you and me to keep our focus on God, on love. This is one of these things that we get with Christ and with the way. Mm. It always brings me back to pro the test. Those that are in that way that they're ready for the test, they're for it because they believe that they're in the love of Christ. But it's not to protest and go away from the church altogether in terms of disobedience for just rebellious sake and being silly. This is a very slim, thin line with regards to this too. You see, whatever we do, we must always be doing it in the faith of Christ. Never to be disobedient like Adam and Eve, but to be obedient at the highest point of Christ should always be the main focus overall. And we've got that. That doesn't necessarily have a religious name over it. That is just being in alignment with God. Some might say that's being a Christian in some ways, which brings us back to the idea of the donkey. And yes, of course, there can be that, you know, staunch one to just double check. And again, we understand that comes from not wanting to get it wrong. We want to get things right. But we also, when we get a word in Christ, we have to be faithful and confident to follow up. Okay, so our nativity, um, nine, is really this final point when they're kind of all gathered together. And, you know, some of you might be able to do that this Christmas. You might all be gathered together. And it's a lovely scene, again, just the magi, the shepherds, along with, you know, this bright star of David, the house of David, the Christ, the King, and Mary and Joseph, and all the animals in the stable. Well, I don't know in what aspect, shape or form you'll be experiencing this Christmas. But ultimately, if you're sharing it with Christ the Lord, the Holy Spirit within your heart and soul, it can't get any better. That's the best.